0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for this guest, Uh, not only for her long resume that I'm going to try to get through here, but because she was recommended by friends of the show, Autumn Bailey and Jen Cross, so we're really excited that we got her. So today's guest is a setter with our women's national team. She's got a Canada West Championship. She's got a U Sports Silver and a Bronze. She's the winner of the RWPU Fair Play Award. She won the Volleyball BC Excellence Award. Please welcome to the show Bree King, formerly Bree O'Reilly. That uh, newly married friends will recognize Bree O'Reilly dominated Trinity Western before becoming Bree King, dominating our national team. So, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: So, paint uh, paint us a picture here about how the Olympic qualifier came together for you. So, you are over in Germany, and you guys met up, uh, I think, at Tom Black's University in Georgia to start training before you guys headed to the Dominican.
1: Yeah. Um, so everyone is kind of playing in all sorts of leagues and countries and depending on the league is when, um, everyone's release dates were, and it kind of depended on the schedule. So my league in Germany actually took a full like three week break from games because there's so many players, um, that are in, that were going to the European last chance qualifier. So the whole league stopped for, um, everyone to go back to their national team. So I actually got to I was finished on the 21st of December and got to go home for, uh, two days before heading to, um, Georgia where everyone met up on the 27th, everyone arrived. And then starting on the 28th, we all, we started training, um, basically all day, every day from then on at our head coaches university at the University of Georgia in Athens.
0: Yeah. So what was your schedule like? According to Instagram, everybody was uh, finding either nap rooms or hitting the coffee pretty hard. <laughs> were you guys going like two two times a day plus video and weights or what was the schedule like?
1: Yeah. So we all stayed at this hotel um, that was off campus. So, and we had one big van that we drove in. So basically we were all together all day long, every day, basically. So we'd leave the hotel at like in between 7:30 and 8:30 in the morning. And then, um, we would start in the morning, um, for the first half of the training camp, we, we did, um, like a lighter servant pass and skill session kind of in the morning for a couple hours. And then we would have lunch and eat all together at the university. And then we'd have like a good chunk of time in the afternoon for individual meetings, video, team video. We had a few, um, guest speakers come in and talk to us about various things to help us prep. And then our main training session was an afternoon for usually three hours and then some like extra time for random reps or skill work that you want to get done. And then we'd all eat dinner together, get a bunch of treatment and physio. There was time for video then as well. And then we would all, all head back to the hotel together at any time between 8 and 9 30 and then we'd all crash and do it all over again we'd go three days on and then one rest day we did that for three cycles
0: so with you being um newer to the senior national team uh was this kind of expected or is this kind of you just go with the flow and was there any vets who kind of helped you out because as i'm listening to this i don't think anybody would really expect this and this has to be a little bit different than maybe you experienced with your u sports team right
1: for sure um yeah the whole level of training in general and capacity and everything is just drastically different than anything I had experienced before this summer. And um, I think I had a good chunk of time. Um, I was with the senior team from July on. So, and we had two tournaments post, like at the end of August and in October as well. So I've had quite a bit of um, time to get used to it, I guess. And then also being in Germany for the last two and a half months also very much so prepared me for, um, this training camp. And it's just like a whole new level of training and, um, just amount of time spent dedicated to the sport is just so different. And, um, that, yeah, I just, I very much so feel the difference being a professional athlete versus a student athlete. It's just way more lopsided and a ton of time and you have to put a lot more, um, mental energy I would say into the volleyball side of your life and that so I think that just sort of carried right into the prep for the qualifier for me at least but I also have all the, there's a bunch of girls in the team that have been playing forever and I am constantly watching them usually try not to ask questions just <laughs> figuring out what they, what are they doing okay wh- what not to do is this and all this kind of See as it's going. I'm seeing what they're doing and trying to copy it as best as possible and get not getting in anybody's way. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. When we had Jen Cross on the show, she mentioned that uh, she feels like she's one of the older ones on the team, which is shocking because I don't even know if she's 28 yet, right? So there there is yeah. a nice mix of of Kyla and Jen who have been around and played for Canada a bunch, and then there's athletes where um, I believe this was your first summer competing. There might be other athletes in that boat. Yeah. So, um, yeah. what kind of helped you with the learning curve to get kind of caught up to their level where Uh, you're just not kind of happy to be there, but you're, you're contributing and helping right away.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing that, especially as a setter, it's so important to like have personal connections with your hitters and you can't, you don't really have time to like be shy or standoffish or unsure of yourself. You just, you have to be confident and just step into the role. And I think, um, right even in july or end of june when i started training with the senior team i didn't know many of the girls and i certainly not played with any of them before so it was like a lot of me just connecting with them as much as i possibly could and and especially on the court like um we talk a lot on our team about a feedback loop and between a setter and a hitter and just every time um, something's not quite right or something's good. Just having that quick conversation with the hitter, getting on the same page and moving on. And, um, I think that helped a lot. And also it's just like the girls on the team are incredibly, um, caring and, um, there's like a real family feel. So I, I felt like it took no time for me to feel, right at home and like I belonged and, and the staff did an incredible job with that as well. Like, um, obviously it was an uncomfortable situation for me getting thrown into, um, competitions halfway through the summer, especially in my first year. And so they really took me under their wing and made me feel like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And this is, this is my team and I belong here and I don't need to feel like, um, distant or on the outskirts or anything. So um, I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but definitely didn't take too long for me to feel like I was a part of the team and um, felt at home, I guess.
0: Awesome. No, that's great to hear that the the culture's already kicked in with uh, Tom Black and Benjo and the other new staff that that's joined the squad. Yeah. So uh, we, we just had TJ on the show and he kind of talked about what it's like to play at home and how fun it was to be in front of like friends and family. You guys having the opposite where you're going into the Dominican where they uh, let's just say it they're probably the favorite to win the event what was it like kind of being in in hostile grounds I guess and playing as as a home team at an event that important
1: for sure yeah I think um the crowd was insane there was like 10,000 people a sold out crowd and obviously especially when we're playing Dominican um you're obviously not being cheered for for the game and which is when it really really matters um how you've prepped and how connected you are as a team and Um, I think a big thing for us was just to um, trust what we had prepared and the work we had put in and to really play our game and not change um, what we've been doing or previously done, but just to trust that what we have and what we are um, capable of is going to be enough and um, not like letting the environment dictate our actions, I guess. And I think that another, that's another thing in U sports you don't really ever see a, a huge crowd by any means and and if it is a big crowd they're usually not screaming 20 constantly throughout the match so <laughs> right. but again being in Germany I play in a club that's extremely well loved by the city that we're in and there's three to five thousand people at every match and it's like insanely loud constantly so I definitely felt prepared I, I honestly didn't even think about the crowd once in the match like. I remember as they were calling out um, the players when we were playing Dominican, it was like a, um, a level of noise I've never experienced before, and I was for a second I was like, "Whoa, like this is quite something," and then that was the last moment I thought of it, and after that it was just what's going on on our side of the court and what can we do and is our energy up and down or are we maintaining and um, yeah, so I think it definitely. It definitely helps to be the home team, but it's really important to to like focus on what's going on on your side of the court and to keep um, kind of the flow and energy and like vibe of your team consistent regardless of what's going on around you, I guess
0: now is that what the the team and the coaching staff likes to anchor to when things aren't going well like obviously the after the first night losing a tough one in five uh mm-hmm. easy to kind of think like that's that's it but you still have yeah. two more matches and you can still mathematically qualify right so how did you guys yeah. regroup and be ready to go for day two even though maybe the plan wasn't going according to what you guys had uh, laid out
1: yeah um that was obviously devastating for that first match and y- there's a part of you obviously that's just frustrated and we felt like we were the better team and felt like maybe we didn't perform up to our usual standard that night. And, um, I think it's important. Like we all took a minute to really feel that and be frustrated. And then it was pretty obvious that we needed to move on as fast as possible, especially because that same night Dominican had gone to five with Mexico and we knew it kind of showed like, okay, this tournament is going to be all over the place and anything can happen. And we really do still have a chance. And, um, so I think, there was a, I think there was a moment in the locker room after the game. I can't remember who said it, but someone said like, everyone, we can feel how we feel right now, but we have like no time to, to waste. We have to like recover really well and prepare for tomorrow's match. Like our life depends on it kind of. And um, I, that was like totally across the board. Everyone understood, like we do not have time to be annoyed or frustrated or dwell on the like mistakes or frustration. And what can we learn from that game yesterday but also we're playing a totally different team tomorrow and with a completely different system and a different focus on both sides of the net so I think it was okay all eyes on Dominican and how are we gonna beat them tomorrow because it doesn't matter that we just lost Um, we have to kind of change our perspective and go after it because we knew if we beat Dominican that we'd still have a great chance so um, that was kind of the mindset I guess
0: obviously it it didn't go to plan and, and, being able to regroup and not only be competitive, but also beat Mexico on the last day. Um, Does it feel like the team is is trending in the right direction? And the, and the reason I ask that is just because my, my circle of friends were kind of comparing uh, where the women's team is to where the, the men were in 2012, where the core mm-hmm. has kind of been established and everything's going the right direction, but maybe we're just one cycle away from it really clicking and having this team go to the Olympics. So as somebody who's kind of on the inside, uh, what was the messaging, I guess, from the coaches? Obviously, it, it's never good to lose an Olympic qualifier, but does it feel like we're still progressing and we're going to be ready for, for 2024?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right on it. I think, um, one of the main things that we talked about as a team to process kind of the loss after Dominican was, um, our head coach said something along the lines of, um, obviously we all had this like huge goal for this summer and, um, sometimes when like we were obviously going in the right direction and sometimes you just can't achieve something as fast as you want it and sometimes it takes longer than is ideal almost but that doesn't mean that we're not heading in the right direction and that was uh, that really resonated with me because obviously it's heartbreaking and especially when there was a real sense of like 100% buy-in, and it seemed, and everyone really believed like we can do this, and we do deserve to be there, and we're we're good enough, and it it wasn't blind hope, and I guess, and so which makes it sting even more. But I think when you look back on this team, and again, I wasn't this is my first summer, so I don't have a lot of like history to compare it to. But from what I'm gathering from the team, I guess it's. Um, I, a year ago maybe there would be a lot less belief that we could have accomplished something this past weekend that's really special and we all went into that tournament this past weekend thinking that we were going to do it and um, actually before the um, match against Dominican our captain Kyla Richie got everyone to go around in a circle and say out loud that um, we believed that we were going to be in Tokyo and we believed we were good enough to win that game and everyone went around individually on the circle and said it kind of in their own way. And it was such a like special moment where we, it really was like a unanimous, like belief. And so I think the fact that we all believe that shows um, not only the skill and growth of the team um, volleyball wise, but also just um, I think huge props to our staff and, Tom as the leader of the group, just, um, getting us all to believe in something really special. And, um, that only comes with like a ton of work and effort and, um, like unity, I guess. And so that's what gets me excited heading forward. I'm like, well, if this is how much progress we made in four months, then think about how amazing it will be in four years kind of. And, um, I think there's a real sense of that on the team for sure.
0: Awesome. So you've you've touched on it a little bit. Let's circle back and cover your summer. So you started out with the next gen program, and you get the call to go to the senior squad. So for yourself personally, how do you like to set goals? Were you just kind of going with the flow and thinking this is awesome mm-hmm. and Team Canada is easy? Or what what were you thinking maybe at tryouts that? Uh, to kind of get you to this level because it's just funny hearing that uh you kind of started this is your first experience and then you're getting the start in the olympic qualifier four months later so kind of walk us through your your pathway here
1: yeah um i yeah it's pretty crazy i i think my last the previous year at trinity last season um was the first time that i my i have an older sister who played for the national team she's 10 years older than me so i kind of grew up like watching her and thinking like oh that'd be so cool if I could do that one day sort of but I think once I got to college I not did I like I didn't I didn't disregard the thought but I just wasn't really um, it wasn't like on the forefront of my mind I guess and then in my last year at Trinity I really started to love volleyball like at a whole new level and I got um, some new setting coaching I guess from a few different people at Trinity and people that were brought in and I kind of got a taste of what it looked like to like be excellent at something and to learn from people who are excellent and um I started to think like oh I wonder like where I'm at in like the country like I wonder I I honestly had no idea where I like would fall in in tryouts and um i remember at i was talking to my head coach at trinity and we i was like i think maybe i'll try out this summer like i heard there's a new new staff and whatever and he was he had previously known tom black and um he was kind of like yeah he's an amazing coach like you should definitely definitely try like who knows what will happen sort of and that was kind of my attitude going in and i funny story actually at our u sports nationals last year um Tom, my coach, Ryan Hofer, had told um, me, hey, like the national team coach is actually going to be coming to watch some of the games. And I was like, oh boy, like here, this is pressure now. And anyways, I, after, he was at one of our matches after we got beat by Kira Van, right? Which is still really tough for me. <laughs> um, he was, he was at the match and I actually went up to him after the game and introduced myself with Ryan and just said like. Hi, I'm Bree and I really want to play for you one day down the road and I hope that happens. And kind of I honestly felt like a kid that was like, oh, this is my dream to one day be on this team. And <laughs> um, anyways, a couple weeks later I'm at tryouts and I'm kind of like looking around like, I think I'm doing okay, but I don't really know. Like there was not everyone was at Tryouts. A lot of the people in the senior team weren't there, and so I honestly had no idea. When I made the next gen team, I was beyond thrilled. I was like this is the coolest thing ever. I get to train with all these amazing players all summer and then um you can imagine the <laughs> the disbelief when I started getting tossed into the senior practices. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, what is what is happening?" And everything was moving way faster than my little brain could take it, but I was just like, "Okay, if this is If they need, if they, if I can contribute, then I need to be ready to go and not be a child. And I just need to be the player I know I can be. And again, the team was amazing and welcoming and the coaching staff was so like hands on, I guess, with me and really trying to make me feel like I was capable. And anyway, so I I don't even know if that answers your question, but that (laughs) was the path to get to where to being on the senior team, I guess.
0: No, no, it definitely does. Thank you. So, for Canadian fans, Tom Black might be a new name, but for anyone who's really paid attention to women's volleyball, uh, he was kind of the setting guru, I'll say, for the U.S. Uh, program with Karch being the head, but Tom obviously had a big part with their offensive schemes. So what is a, a practice like uh, being a setter? Like, does, Do you get a lot of attention? Do you get a lot of video prep with him? Like, um, What makes him so skilled with the setter position?
1: Honestly, I think Tom is really skilled in every position. He can see the game like nobody I know like I feel like any skill I'm ever doing ever he's he's on it and knows exactly what to work on or improve or what's been what's good or what was I working on or um but uh, so how it worked with our team is Tom obviously is a head coach and then Ben Josephson was our um defensive coach I guess blocking and defense and then um Jeff Baxter was our offensive um kind of focused coach so he was mostly working with the setters and hitters and so I definitely worked with Tom setting a lot and but it was I guess mostly with Jeff and they kind of tag team but um the I it I can't even explain to you how much I learned this summer I I honestly previous to this summer I had definitely learned how to set but Um, it was more sort of just like go out there and do what you can do sort of. And after the, like, once I started getting into practice, it was this summer, it was just mind blowing how much I didn't know about setting. Like I, every day it was like another new, like footwork or entry pattern or eye work or tactics or, um, like you name it. I was learning a lot and I think. I quickly realized like, okay, there's so much these coaches know that I've never heard of. I need to just be the best learner I can possibly be and be okay with like not having it perfect right away and kind of trust that they know what's going on. And I definitely don't. And that was the biggest thing. I think like I really trusted our setting coach and Tom and that what they were telling me about setting was going to make me the best setter I could be, which is huge. And um that really came down to like their delivery and their belief in me and instilling a lot of confidence. So um I think yeah, we do a lot of um in a typical practice, I guess there's we would start with 30 minutes of just setting tutor, we called it, where we would have passers um and a coach serving or someone serving, and we would just be doing like a bunch of setting reps off of a pass, which is really important. First of all, I learned that this summer, I think, just having um, setting reps that are coming from a passer rather than a toss so that, um, eye work is so important in getting your, your eyes on the passers platform and getting a really early read so that we can kind of approach to the ball to set the same way you'd approach to hit a ball and make it consistent. And, um, obviously with our team, we were running offense at a really high speed, um, which was new for this team. And I, and getting that to flow well it takes a lot of reps with hitters as well. So I think the biggest thing um with this team specifically with setting is um was committing to run the speed all the time consistently and trusting our hitters to be there and the hitters trusting us to get them the ball. Um and that took a that was a huge adjustment obviously for all the setters including myself and um but it really <laughs> worked obviously especially when we're playing big teams that are the favorites or like bigger than us in size or more powerful, like speed can really pick apart defense really easily. So that was probably the biggest thing I learned. And there's a long list of things I learned about studying. I feel like I was an infant last year, but yeah. Yeah.
0: So with your learning style, obviously being a high-level athlete, you don't ever want to fail or be bad at something, but um, how did you find this summer where everything's new or, or like you mentioned, challenging the speed? Um, how did you and the rest of the team kind of react to, you know, it's bad now and it's ugly, but it's going to get better? Because I think that's those are some buzzwords that we try to encourage young athletes to do, but I think it's it's easier said than done sometimes, right? So how do you stay positive yeah. or know that it, it is going to work if you keep plugging away?
1: The biggest thing is our coaches drilled that into us every single day. We had we constantly heard that learning is not linear or progress is not linear. You're not going to get better every day. You're going to get worse. Before you get better, it's going to be up and down. You can't, you can't predict and all this stuff because it's so easy to – one day I would all of a sudden be like, hey, I think I've got this. Like I'm, I'm really pushing speed to the our opposite hitters and this is really working and flowing. And then the next day it would be a gong show and I would be like, okay, I can't do anything. And the like what you're hearing from your coaches all the time and what they're demonstrating all the time, I think is the number one thing that like changes your mindset as a player and as a team, especially. Um, another thing was that, feedback loop between hitters and setters. We, it was, there was just no excuse to ever let a play happen without there being communication about it afterwards. And that was also really uncomfortable and nobody was used to that. And then once it became normal, now, now it's like second nature for us. As soon as a play is done, I'm talking to all the hitters that hit a ball that play and then confirming kind of that we're on the same page, about what the ball was or what the issue was or if it was good or, um, all that stuff. So I think that like, just like total buy-in with the hitters and um, what the coaches demonstrated was the the biggest things that helped us learn really, really fast.
0: Now, I feel like I'm comfortable to say this because Jen Cross is a good friend, but were you comfortable as a young person being able to tell her that, you know, she was late or she needs to come earlier or she needs to go into that gap? Like, were you comfortable uh, kind of letting the vets know that, you're kind of controlling the offense and not just relying on the hitter to give you feedback all the time.
1: Yes. I think that came with time obviously. And as I became friends with the players, especially off the court, it was a lot easier to connect with them on court. Um, But again, it's like, I think as a setter, especially like if you don't own your game, then, then we're in trouble. Like you have to, I have to be so aware of like what I'm doing and where I'm going wrong and Uh, like being really aware of I guess like what you're giving or what you're not giving and so I think it's really important like total honesty both ways is really what it's like the healthiest way to learn and the quickest way to get better so I think it was easy for me to talk to older girls about stuff because I knew that the quicker we talked about it the better we would be and I saw that really early on like Um, if I had like kind of not, it's not uncomfortable, I guess, but it it can be blunt, I guess, like, Hey, like, I think that was good. Um, I think you're a step late. And then maybe we ask a coach and they confirm it or they say, I didn't see. And then I'll say, okay, let's, let's just do it right away. One more time. Like, let's get another rep and we do it, we figure out done, and then we can move on and keep going. So I think it shows a commitment to get better when you're having those conversations, rather than avoiding it it's kind of like okay what are we what are we trying to accomplish right now because not talking because i'm scared or because i don't really know you that well is is i may as well not be here if i'm not going to talk to my hitters so i think that was like our our like motivation to get better and to win and to compete was kind of what made it so easy for us to communicate at a high level
0: awesome that's a great answer thank you i can see why everybody's telling me we need to get you on the show that's awesome thanks for sharing that (laughs) So obviously, you have a successful year. At what point did you start considering uh, pro volleyball? Like, did you know uh, that you were done at Trinity, and you were going to choose to go overseas? Or when did that kind of start to creep into your mind?
1: Great question. Definitely did not know. Um, At the start of the summer, I would have said, I don't think I'm ever going to play pro. I didn't even really know pro was something you had to do. Really, (laughs) I I was like, that sounds kind of not so fun. And why would I move away from home? And obviously I'm married and my whole family lives in the lower mainland. And I have like a very balanced life with lots of different things going on outside of volleyball too. And um, from the outside looking in, I just, there was no reason to ever leave kind of. And that's kind of where I was at. I was like, my life is great. And why would I ever leave sort of? And then early on in the summer, um, just talking to, um, some of the coaches, like little conversations here and there, I kind of picked up on like, huh, I guess playing pro is kind of what you do when you're on the national team. Like you, I guess, what else do you do from September to May? Um, (laughs) I I just sort of assumed that there is training available or I don't even know what I was thinking, but pro is not on the radar, that's for sure. And, um, then, so then I kind of over the summer realized like, okay, like, I'm going to need to play pro one day if I want to like, have a really long successful career. Like that's going to need to be something I'm open to. So it like slowly started to become even a potential thing in my life ever. Um, and then, uh, oh, when was, it? I think we were in Russia for our the first Olympic qualifier and it had, it had, and we had just finished our last game. And, um, I had a meeting with the, with Tom, our head coach, and he really gently just kind of brought up the idea and was like, Hey, like, are you, um, and keep in mind, this is August 5th or something. And Trinity training camp starts in two weeks or something ridiculous. And I had every intention of playing at Trinity. I love Trinity. My like, anyways, so he goes, have you ever thought about playing pro? Like you just played in an Olympic qualifier and there, there will definitely be interest from agents. And what should I tell them? Like, is it a for sure? No, or whatnot. And I was like, completely shocked and was like what the heck like agents like what's an agent i had no idea (laughs) Um, and i was like really like you think i could get a contract or something he's like definitely like you should you should just was like just take a week and think about it and like talk to your family and stuff i was like okay sure and i kind of was like that's insane but um i had some really good hard conversations with my husband and sister who played and parents and stuff and just kind of getting some advice. And basically we, I came to the conclusion with the help of a lot of people that um, Canada was in such a special, unique spot where obviously qualifying for the Olympics was a really um, real chance this past weekend. And I was like, man, I, it's so so few people get to be a part of a team that's trying to do something that special. And um, I just sort of had this realization that I was like, I have to do whatever I can do to um, be as good for this team as I can be. And um, as prepared as I possibly can be for this tournament. And because who knows, like, obviously we're really hopeful for the quads to come, but this isn't something you can guarantee. And these sort of opportunities don't just come to everyone. So Um, I think it was, yeah, I was just like, the Olympics are obviously the pinnacle of, um, sport and what you want to achieve as a team. And I was like, if I, the the bottom line was like, if I, if we get to January and we're at the qualifier and we don't qualify and I had chosen to sort of take the, I don't know, safe, comfortable route of playing at Trinity with all my friends and staff that I know and love and a school that I love. Um, that maybe wasn't as challenging volleyball wise or wouldn't prepare me physically as well. Um, and we didn't qualify. I, I'm like, I think I would probably regret not having um, trying to push myself as far as I could go to get ready for this qualifier. Um, so I told Tom, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm hoping to do it. I told my Trinity coach, like, Hey, I, I, I told him my whole process and he was unbelievable. Like I cannot, say enough good things about Ryan Hofer and he was totally on my side and supportive and just totally understood all my reasoning. And obviously it was incredibly difficult to leave a team that I've been with for four years and it was going to be my senior year. And that's just comes with a lot of special, you know? Um, so I, two days later I got an offer from this team in Germany and, um, kind of, it was like a really fluky one the, the the previous setter had gotten hurt and they were kind of desperate. And, um, it was, it's an awesome team in a really good league. And I knew it was going to be really high level volleyball that I was going to, there was no way I wasn't going to get better by playing in this league. And so it was on, it was like on an August 5th was the first time I considered playing pro. And I think I signed the contract on August 18th or something ridiculous (laughs) um, in a matter of like three weeks I went from happily going to Trinity to finish my senior year to completely leaving my entire life and going to play in Germany so um, I'm really really happy I did it, and um, I can confidently say that even though we didn't qualify I really did do everything I possibly could have to get ready and get prepared and get as good as I could so Um, yeah that was the hardest decision ever and um, I have a whole team at Trinity and staff that are have had my back every step of the way which is really special Um, but yeah that was kind of my decision to go play pro.
0: Awesome and so it sounds like the volleyball decision was was super clean and it definitely paid off. Um, Has your husband or family been over to visit? I love Germany as a country so hopefully they've been able to check it out and come support you.
1: Yeah. My mom came in November for a couple of weeks and my husband also came in December for a couple of weeks. So that both, obviously it makes such a difference. Like I've never lived alone. I've only lived in Langley my whole life and all my family is there. And this is, I live in like the top floor of an apartment all by myself in the city. And it's just drastically different from everything I'm used to. So anytime family is here, it's like Um, a piece of home that is totally um, indescribable how much it changes my day-to-day life. And um, so, yeah, they've come, and more family is coming in the next couple months, which is really fun and
0: something to look forward to, for sure. Now, I apologize. I should have looked this up before the show. Uh, What city are you in currently?
1: Dresden.
0: Oh, very nice. Okay.
1: Yes. I'm actually playing at a club that Jen Cross played for, for two years. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So we've taken a lot of your time. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. One tradition we do have for our guests is to kind of tell us a funny story where they've just heard that you're playing at the highest possible level. You've you've represented our national team. You were a hair away from making the Olympics, but sometimes some odd stuff happens. So I was wondering if you had Mm -hmm. any funny stories from the road you could leave us with a laugh before we let you go.
1: For sure. Um, I feel like I'm just like constantly embarrassing myself everywhere I go. But to pick (laughs) a highlight, I guess, um, I... This is just ridiculous, but um, in my – so I mentioned earlier that I had at the U Sports um, Nationals last year. The national team head coach was there watching, and the first game that he got there, uh, we were about to start the match, and I knew that he was there watching obviously was feeling the pressure to perform well. And first serve, we're playing for fifth, I think, like the consolation final, and the someone serves it pass comes I'm going to set the ball ball falls between my hands hits me in the face Lands on the (laughs) ground I'm like okay cool that's embarrassing and I whatever don't think anything of it then flash forward to um my first ever time getting subbed in for the senior national team this summer at Pan Am Cup we're playing who knows Peru or something I go in as a double sub I'm just stressed out of my mind. Of course, I feel like I'm in a movie or something. I go in serve goes in. Thank God they play the rally out, comes back on our side, pass comes up, go to set it exact same thing happens, falls through my face, hits me in the face and lands. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Two for two. And then <laughs> I get to, um, Germany <laughs> this, this like whatever, September, and I'm in my first match, and as I said, there's a huge crowd. It's a lot of fans, and I was feeling a little nervous. And get subbed in, or not subbed in, I start the match. I go, first ball I set, through my hand, hits me in the face. And so now I'm just nervous for any other first times that are coming up because we all know what's going to happen in that first set. <laughs> um, so that was. those are all moments that you just – have to smile and remember that you're human and that you feel emotion and it really <laughs> grounds you i would say but th- that was those were some highlights and i just could not believe it. it just kept happening every time i was doing something for the first time that i was scared of
0: well, So I'm glad that's out in the open now so when we see it happen yeah. in the in the olympics in four years nobody's gonna <laughs> yeah. panic and just say that's just and B. we're fine like she'll yeah. be back
1: <laughs> for sure
0: awesome well thanks again for coming on the show this was great once again i could see why you were so highly recommended so uh good luck with the rest of your pro season and hopefully we we see you with the national team for a long time thanks for taking the time
1: thank you so much for having me